Hi, everyone. This is Melissa. And Kate. And Lainey. And we are the The Louisiana Louisiana Ladies. We are so glad you are here. Check us out on Instagram at Louisiana Ladies Podcast and visit us online at laladies.info. Hi, everyone. Back with another episode of Louisiana Ladies. This is Melissa. I'm on time this week. Woohoo! Yes, small victories. Um, I will not say who our guest is right now, but just to let you know, guest, I was about 15 minutes late to my own podcast last week. It happens. Well, I was it's told fine. that I'm doing the introduction this week. Yeah, go for it, Lainey. Rightly so. We have my dad here, which he has a name that is not just Lainey's dad. Do you want to introduce yourself, Lainey? Oh, hey, dad? I'm Greg Edelman. <laughs> <laughs> Lainey, otherwise with the, with known as Lady's dad. With a great radio voice. With a great radio voice. Otherwise known as Lady's dad. Yes. So. Well, what, dad, do you know my dad's name? Dad. R.L. <laughs> you do? Well, I've met him. Okay. Well, that's pretty good, though. I mean, I would just say Melissa's dad. I was we, guessing so, just dad. Just dad. We yeah. agreed that um, you and R.L. would be friends. Oh, I'm certain. I'm friends with all people. Because whenever you said, well, listeners, whenever I asked my dad to be on the podcast, he said, well, what are we talking about? No, specifically, you said, what is the topic? And I said, you. And he said, well, I know about that topic. Which is similar to when um, we started the podcast and Melissa's dad said, well, it sounds like y'all are just having a conversation. (laughs) And I said, dad, that's a podcast. We're going to have a conversation then. Yes, absolutely. And we're going to make this about your dad, not about Melissa. Yeah. Well, we can do whatever. (laughs) <laughs> we are here for a good time. so But not um, for a long time. <laughs> this is unfortunately true. But we're going to make the best of the time we have. It's quality. It's quality over quality quantity. Over quantity. quality, that's it. Quality. So as I've mentioned on here before, I am not from Baton Rouge. I'm from Shreveport. So that is where my father resides. But we always get down the rabbit hole of where people are from. So do you want to start by telling that? Well, I grew up in Alexandria. Big city, right? Okay, so I am um, directionally challenged. <laughs> Alexandria is what? Is that two hours from here? So it's the ankle. Okay. Louisiana is the foot, the boot. It's, it's the ankle. Well, I guess it's north of the ankle. People now refer to it as Sinlaw, center, center Oh, yeah, of they called it Sinlaw my whole life. Oh, gotcha. Okay. So it's about two hours from Baton Rouge. It's about dead in the middle of between Baton Rouge and Shreveport. Okay, so Shreveport's four hours. Okay, go ahead. Yeah. Or what out? No, that's yeah. fine. So I grew up there. Close enough so that I know that Alexandria is closer to Baton Rouge than Shreveport. That's right. what I was asking. About in the middle. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. So Scott is from Alexandria. I know, and I've always said that he's from Shreveport. But I'm from Shreveport, which okay. is two more hours away. Right. I've always been like, Scott's from Shreveport, I guess, because Scott starts with an S and Shreveport starts with an S. And it's it doesn't make any It's all 318, baby. So. Okay. Well, <laughs> Lainey's from that. Louisiana, so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, okay. That's it. Yeah. That's what we're I don't going know. With. It bothers me, Craig. We're going no, with get, that. So. I get. I get confused. Okay. So go ahead. Well, no, but I came here uh, uh, to go to college at the oh. big Louisiana State University. Okay. Did that. Did that little gig in the '80s. So I'm older, but I'm not that old. Okay. No, you're not that old. No, I'm good enough. What'd you graduate in? Um, beer and girls. <laughs> I mean, that was pretty much my main it's a focus. a great mentor. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, it's like that we always get, LSU always gets like number one party school. Yeah, hey, know? especially when I was there. No, I actually um, went there to be an engineer. Okay. When I was in high school, I was really good at math and science, and everyone said, you should be an engineer. And I said, okay. I had no idea what an engineer did or right. does. And so I went in that school, and to be honest, it just wasn't a fit for me. One day I looked around, and I was like, all these guys sitting in there taking this test and I just didn't want to be with all those guys the rest of my life. What what engineering were you trying to pursue? I was in civil engineering. Gotcha. Okay. I tried chemical. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Didn't Mm. work. Didn't work. Chemistry was never my friend, but physics and all that stuff was fun. Anyway, long story short, we got there and I looked around one day and I just went to the guidance counselor. I said, Mm. how can you get me out of this school the fastest? The school of engineering. No, just just college. Me, School. How can I graduate from oh, LSU? Yes, the peace out. Okay, but with a degree. But with a degree. degree. Gotcha. And okay. so she said, "Well, you got to get in general studies. You have a whole lot of hours, but you're going to have to take one more year of classes." So I took a bunch of business classes, and that was that. And so I got on out. Okay. So that was really it. And then I went to, I was actually selling Cutco. If you've ever, oh. that's pretty big around here. I love Cutco. I, I did that when I was in college, and then I actually went and opened a Cutco office in Mobile, Alabama, where I met Lainey's mother. Okay, 
Julie. And then I didn't like living in Alabama. Okay. <laughs> and so I wanted to come back to Louisiana because I am a Louisiana fella. Okay. L.A. lad. Uh-huh, you are. And so true, a true LA came back lad. here, and I was always just a sales guy. And then, well, you don't need the whole story, but eventually I made my way where I was in the medical business selling surgical implants. Gotcha. Started off doing knees and hips, and then the bulk of my career, I sold implants for spine surgery. Oh. Yeah. I so I grew existed. up with, like, what I don't, I'm going to say crate, but I don't know the correct trays. term. Trays of like screws and plates just around our house. Like, oh, yeah. they were everywhere. They were everywhere. They were. This is where I get confused. When okay. you say you sold this, like okay. you worked, you had competitors that were also selling the same thing? Absolutely. Okay. So you had to go and make a case for why your implants were the best ones. Yes and no. That's not quite how it works. Okay. It does kind of, but basically in that business, once you get a guy, that like using your stuff like a surgeon you hold on to him with all your legs and arms so it's it's building relationships Mm -hmm. yeah okay that's what i do so i just don't sell i don't sell implants well but you sell a service yes the difference is there's only probably about three or four when i was doing there's probably only three other companies that could do it there's a lot now it's changed a lot the cool thing when i was doing it was that it was all new technology so i got to go to doctors who had not been trained on this stuff and really get into teaching them how and really getting into the the meat of it where guys coming out of residency today they already know how to put a screw in somebody's back the guys i was working with did not they were not trained on that so i spent a lot of time in the operating room watching guys put screws in and going going hey hey a little to the left fella and stuff like that okay i think that's like one of your favorite things to talk about from that career is that he got to tell the doctors yeah that is with a medical degree how to do it basically. yeah i had a couple guys that could not do it without me there literally couldn't and now i never got to touch the patient or anything like that but even if you have uh, surgery today for a knee implant or hip implant or back implants or anything like that there's a salesman in the room with you and you just don't know it oh always did you know that well yeah you probably yeah, i knows. feel like i knew that I because that. of you but i didn't think about the always aspect because always. i mean it's your product and you're a specialist on the materials correct not the body but on the product that you're putting in there and so hopefully i don't need that anytime i mean growing up you have funny stories about it but growing up i mean my brother and i both thought he was a doctor for the longest Mm -hmm. time because i mean when you're a kid you don't understand well i mean i kind of played doctor even though i never touched a patient and i don't mean that lightly um it's really a weird thing when you first get in that business and you're in there and you know about your product and a doctor looks at you and goes, Hey, what should I do? And you're like, why are you asking me for it? Why are you asking me? I don't, I just got a general studies degree from beer and girls. I was just trying to get my degree done. Okay. I was about to go to medical school. End of the day. I really got where I was very comfortable with it. So it was when a guy would ask me, Hey, what I do here? I knew what to do. And I was happy to tell him, now, I think things are different today okay. because these guys learn this in their residency, in their training. They know what they're doing. Well, why doing. didn't they learn it back then? They it just didn't new. know? It was oh, brand new. Okay. It, was, it was really like the invention of the wheel almost. I know that's probably I mean, a little bit of but it was very cutting edge back then. Huh. In fact, it wasn't even legal. What? I know. I know. Oh. I know. Wait, implants weren't no, legal? The, to put screws in the, in the spine were not legal, um, not technically. So, so here's the deal. The FDA can gives you an approval and they the company's got approval because it was a bone screw which there were plenty of screws going in people's legs and you know whatever arms and stuff but they never approved it to go in the spine so it was kind of we were sort of skirting the edges interesting can i ask a question you can ask any question you want would one of the risks associated with this screw in a spine be Paralysis. Paralysis. I was going to say paralyzation. I'm like, that is not a word, Melissa. It really depends on where you're going. So not to get too down the No, let's go. I like this. I'm very curious about this. Spinal anatomy is really interesting, and it's very complex, but most people don't really understand. Most laymen don't understand it. The main thing that, I can't say it now, paralyzes someone is something that offends the spinal cord okay so in your neck your spinal cord is solid 
And as it goes down through your thoracic and about the top of your thoracic, the sorry, the bottom of your thoracic, uh, top of your lumbar, it branches out into all these fibers. Mm. So what's interesting about that, and that's for growth. So as you grow as a kid, those fibers expand. It's called, here's a Latin word for you, cauda equina, which means horse's tail. Okay. And so end of the day, what happens there is if you get something that, say you fracture your lumbar spine, those fibers can sort of move out of the way of those bony fragments. And really, rarely does somebody get paralyzed from that. Hmm. Now, you, it happens in your neck, high chance of being paralyzed. But putting these screws in, in the lumbar, you really were going to, through two little tubes. And if you kind of got outside that tube a little bit, you're not going to paralyze somebody. But if that screw is rubbing up against one of those nerve roots, it could cause some irritation. They're going to probably have some leg pain or possibly decreased sensation. It really depends. Okay. This is interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But also, it's kind of like, I picture like surgery. I'm like, ooh, because I, I, I wouldn't be able oh, to see, I absolutely that. love surgery. And I haven't been in surgery I in a long time. I can't do blood very well. And so I'm married to a surgery wife, a surgery nurse, you know, surgery so she wife. does surgery. Okay. So isn't that crazy? Okay. Yeah. It's just a no big deal. But the cool thing about it is it's sort of a magic door that you go behind. And unless you're in that world, you have no idea what goes on back there. Okay. Because you get, you go to sleep. Right. Which and is you, great. You come out. Oh, yeah, that's great. And you come out. Thank and, God for modern medicine. Yeah, my, yes. my drugs are great. Um, but yeah, you come out of there and you've had the surgery and it's like you time travel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So anyway, so I did that for 20 something years. Have you ever had major surgery? Well, I wouldn't say so. I had my eyelid surgery when I was in kindergarten that I hardly remember. And then I had my wisdom teeth taken out. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I've never had anything where I've had to be out for a long period of time. She had one she doesn't remember when she was about oh. six weeks old. Yeah. There were some issues and they took a biopsy of her, went up through her bottom and she almost bled to death. She was, oh, she was Lord. ounces from being dead. <gasps> yeah. What did they find out? What was wrong? Yeah, long story. This, oh, there's a there's a lot there. of it. What? I was a complicated case. She was very complicated. <laughs> we'll say child. you're an anomaly. Yes, but she she was whispers within dying. Oh my goodness, yeah, yeah. that's traumatizing. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm glad that didn't yeah, happen. She, I can yeah, tell guess you what that. Guess what? It didn't happen. Didn't happen. Didn't happen. So we don't, have we to don't need to go down that. But yeah, but you okay. asked if she had had surgery, yeah. so that's the one that immediately went into my mind as which, her father, which she was like six weeks old. So that was in remember. 1998. I don't remember that. Yeah, yes. Remember. <laughs> um, yeah. I was just what I was asking because I mean I. I've said this on the podcast. I have to have colonoscopies for uh, my Crohn's disease, but the, you're only out for like 30 minutes. I've never been really truly put to sleep like actual general anesthesia i feel before. like the wisdom teeth for me i was i felt like the time travel sensation like yeah you but mentioned. you didn't go under general okay yeah general is where you're intubated yes oh. yep Correct. i've asked it i thought oh. i thought i was going under i thought for the past eight colonoscopies i had i was oh. under general and propofol is something that puts you to sleep but you breathe on your own as okay. my aunt tootie who was a crna um told me about that well there you, there you go. go and i was like oh so general anesthesia you are into but you are not breathing on your own correct correct that's why it's scary. they have a machine that's breathing for you yeah yeah that is scary well it's anesthesia is fascinating to me though yeah. the fact so, that they can do that and you don't feel anything that's kind of crazy we we always we it's not fair for me to say we because i'm not part of it but anesthesiologists always talk about putting a patient to sleep and then waking them up yeah. as like flying a plane. Yeah. Like you take off and you're flying. And then that's the thing about flying that nothing really bad usually happens when you're flying. It's usually taking off or landing. Yes. So I've heard it's that. the landing coming back in or taking that patient back out of yeah. uh, anesthesia is where they tend to have issues. But I was, I can tell you, honestly, I have probably been in 10,000 surgeries. 10,000. That's a lot. I can promise you it's been that many. I have never seen, I don't recall anybody ever having an anesthesia problem. I can remember one where there were some issues, but it, it wasn't anesthesia. And so I, it's very safe. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, I don't. I'm. I would be all for it if I needed to be knocked right. out. Yeah, honestly, right. it just so. fascinates me. Do you want to mention why you uh, compared that to flying a plane? Well, we talked about that earlier, but yeah, we I used to fly. Yeah, but that was off the record. Yeah, that's true. We were off the record. Yeah, I used to fly back in the early 2000s. I started flying planes, and I had a couple of planes, and we talked about that with Lainey that when she was 
a child, a baby child, we'd hop in the plane and go here or there. And she didn't think that other people, she didn't realize other people didn't have a plane. <laughs> yeah. She was like, well, we'd your like plane? fly and go over. Um, I remember one time specific, it was just the two of us. And so we flew over our house and my brother and my mom came outside to like wave to us. And I thought that was cool. Yeah. But you just did this as a hobby. It wasn't, you weren't a commercial pilot no, or anything no, like no. that. Yeah, but you can have your private pilot's license. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I just wanted to clarify because I know there's, confusion about that and i still have a private pilot's license once you get it you don't lose it unless you do something egregious oh okay. you just what you have to do is you have to current have a current medical and you have to have current you have to fly with an instructor and he basically signs off and says yeah he knows what he's doing and i haven't flown in about 10 years just life gets in the way kind of thing yeah so um you know it's one of those things i miss it sometimes i look up at the sky and go oh it's nice but uh, i'll never do it again just can't, you know, physically can't and medically can't and yeah. stuff like that. So yeah. I wouldn't be able to pass a medical these days. So Oh, okay. So yeah. that would be, you wouldn't be able to keep They would license. not let me. They would no. say, no, Greg, you cannot do that. Oh, okay. And that, that would be that. They're going to say, thanks for trying. Next. Oh, okay. Yeah. Wow. Wow. So that's it. But at least you have come to terms with that. And it's not like you're out there trying to do something that you know you can't. Ignore. Right, right. And that's, you know, it is one of those things kind of that you go, man, I did that. That's cool. And, and there's a lot of them out there. I've got a lot of other friends that fly, but mm. it's still one of those things that it's an accomplishment. First time you fly on your own, you don't even know it's going to happen. You're flying with your instructor and he just, he says, pull over here and he hops out and you take off. <laughs> and it's like, and I did that and I got up there and I'm like, oh crap. Now I got to land this. Yeah. Thing. And it wasn't the prettiest of landings. Okay. But I'm still here. I've been on a commercial um, plane before that was not a pretty landing either. So, you know, <laughs> I feel like that's that would be stressful to me if I was a pilot. Like, taking off, I don't want to say it seems fun, but it's just like that kind of, I feel like taking off is like a little bit of an adrenaline rush because you are going so fast and then you're going up and I'm, I know things can happen. But landing, it's like you're literally taking this thing that has been in the air and trying to land it without... I don't know, also subsequently crashing it. Well, and what was always crazy to me, because to be fair, I flew with you before I ever flew commercial for the first time, because this that's how young I was. Yeah. Um, but when you're flying commercial, you don't see the cockpit. You don't see all the controls. Yeah. But when you're flying in a little plane like oh, yeah, it's cool. dad had, you're like, there's so many knobs and so many buttons, and you're like, it's kind of scary. Okay. So but you feel like you have some control. You do. Yeah. It's not as scary. So whenever we first flew with my brother-in-law, who no longer flies either, but um, in a Cessna, you would think, like, Patrick, my husband, doesn't really like to fly. He does it because he knows we have to travel, but it's not what he loves to do. And I was like, he's going to be so nervous. But he wasn't because he was sitting up front mm -hmm. with Garrett and could see everything. And it makes you feel like you have some more control. The one thing, I don't know if this is just happens in planes. I'm going to be ignorant. But, you know, we were all wearing our headsets so you could hear everything. And it was like, I think when he went to go lay in the plane, some lady, I don't know if it was their particular plane where was telling him to go stall 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 and you're like oh my god what's happening and she no, went, he no. was like what, that's, what does that's that mean that's an alarm on the plane oh so most that's that's a real thing that people don't understand i think it was stall don't no that's 100% a percent okay, stall okay so well i didn't know it was going to happen the first time and i was like what's happening so what happens is this everybody misunderstands stall everybody thinks it's the engine stalling and so what happens is this so you back in your day you had a you know a 90 four honda accord and it stalled out on you sometimes so you equate it to that well no this is a wing stall and so when you get the wings and i know the listeners can't see my hands but when you get too great of an angle of attack the the wind delaminates from the wing oh, and so okay. it creates a stall the wings no longer give lift but when you're landing you get right to the edge of stall and there's an alarm that comes on because if you're really flying up in there and you stall you've got to do something about it but here you basically want to you stall just as you land. Oh, okay. Because that's, the that's wings stop right. flying. Yeah. So that's not a that's not a bad thing. Okay. Well, no. I mean, we were fine. It just you know when I wasn't expecting this woman to come screaming over the headphones yeah. or whatever the you know whatever it was yeah. built into the plane. Or the whatever. one I had just made a high pitched tone and it was oh. annoying as hell. I yeah. would like for a lady to go stall. Oh no, it was like <laughs> stall, 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 and I was like, and Garrett's like, we're fine. I'm like, okay. <laughs> you as long as he said so. He so. said so. He's smart. He's an he's an engineer. 
Oh, is he? Must be someone with engineers and pilots. I like I, I just I like technical stuff. Laney will tell you I like to tinker. I like to fix things. I feel like I can fix anything even though I can't. Gotcha. But, but you, I, you I'm you not afraid to try. Like you know, the, I don't know if you would see this, but you know those memes that are like, we all had the universal experience of your dad making you cry at the kitchen table doing math homework. Like no, I never had. That. My dad was the one that could actually teach me how to do math. Sometimes it was the I. I was such a rule follower that I was like, no, the teacher said you have to do it this way, not this way. And then he would try to be all engineering, but he helped me with some math. <laughs> but I was no, never an engineer, so to, but I was always good at math. So that's cool. I'm also very good at math. And I, bet you I, are. I did not have either one of my parents teach me math. But I'm also eternally grateful that he's a figure it out kind of guy because he did instill that on me in the sense of like work well, ethic. Well, work ethic, but. Before I ever came to college, he to made this. me change the tires on my car. Oh, that was good. Um, I mean, he, I've worked on cars with him doing things. I made I made her. Before. You're not going to go off to Baton Rouge without changing a tire. And while we got the tires off, we're going to change your oh, brakes. Oh, we changed the and brakes. You're going to help me. Oh, yeah. You're going to help me bleed brakes and do all that stuff. Yeah. So, so he's a he's a Mister Fix It in the sense of like, which I think is good now that I'm older to look back on because. I don't really need somebody else to take care of me in a sense. Okay, it gives you some independence. She calls me all the time and says, hey, how do I fix this? And I'll tell her, and or I'll say, hey, I think this is it, and go figure it out. That's yeah. the thing that you just figure it out, you know? Yeah, sure. I just bought an old car, so I'm like back in the I want to fix things mode again because I have a newer vehicle, and then there's no fixing it on that. But, <laughs> but this older, I bought a 23-year-old Porsche. Just, just Ooh. to, just to tinker with. Oh, see, my husband would love this. I just, I just except I don't think he likes to tinker. I think he thinks he wants to tinker, and then he gets, and he gets mad. frustrated. I mean, yesterday he tried to t- change the Peloton seat. Okay, and I thought he was going <laughs> to lose his religion. Uh, sorry, babe. Wait, we were just talking last night. Did you know that Brian Kelly owns like twelve Pelotons? That's what my sister said. I think that's unnecessary. Why do you need twelve Pelotons for all of his well, locations? Because thirteen would be just a crazy number. Okay. Um, <laughs> No, so Peloton, oh, let's just talk about that for a second. So they finally got got it together, and now you can, on the screen, you can log into Netflix and watch, like, TV oh, and movies, which is what Patrick likes cool. to do. So when I showed him this, he proceeded to buy a new seat, an iPhone holder, and things like stirrup store you can put his feet in there. So I Patrick's going to be a Peloton I said, guy now. So when are you going to ride... When are you going to actually ride this Peloton? Because I don't really love the seat that much, uh-huh. and uh, I ride the Peloton more than he does so we're just gonna sit on it and watch netflix right we're gonna it's this this is his accountability podcast where we're gonna see in a (laughs) month if he's rode the peloton does he have a cup holder for his beer Mm, that would be challenging but maybe he should get that one of those too maybe that would be motivating oh no like literally he almost lost his religion and then he went out and got a beer from the refrigerator yesterday afternoon he was like this is gonna call me down i was like okay well i could i could hear him i could hear him it was just time it was just time to do it so okay what next laney Hey, wait, can, I, can we talk about something that, and I don't know, did you did you play sports? I, not a whole lot. I play a lot of golf now. Okay, golf. I was tiny when I was growing up, like literally tiny. tiny. My brother's and kind of so cool. my first driver's license, now we could get these when I was growing up at 15. Me too, Greg. It said, well, I don't know when it changed. It changed after me. It said. I was a I, freshman driving my car to high school. Yeah, me too. It said I was Five foot two and 108 pounds. Oh. I wasn't that tall, didn't weigh that much. I lied about both. I was just too small. You were too small. Okay. Yeah, I, I didn't grow till I was in college. I do remember he was very involved in coaching my brother when my brother right. was playing sports growing up. The only reason why I'm asking is because this weekend, my dad finally got me out to play pickleball. Oh, yeah. I love that. So she and her dad used to play tennis together. Yes. Um, so Competitively, right? I I mean, in tournaments. Okay, okay. Uh, Like, fundraising tournaments. But, um, so, my dad cracks me up. Because when we used to go practice for tennis, Greg, he would would literally stand in one place and make my ass run all over the court, okay? So, I'm thinking, so my brother's like, yeah, Missy, pickleball, like, it's not quite as hard as tennis. You don't run as much. Okay. So, I don't know if it was because it was my first time playing pickleball, but my Apple Watch, take this with a grain of salt, it had um, 650 burned calories. Wow. Okay, that's a lot. I, like, tripled yeah. my move goal that day. 
by the end of it, I wasn't moving around quite as much. But let me tell you what, I totally got into it. I've ordered a paddle and everything. Of course, oh, I you have did. some friends that are big into it. Oh, so. yeah, it's like a. Cult. I know my mom wants to get into it, especially like where she lives is a lot of older people, and I think like it is just a hit amongst that community. So let me just tell you this though: while we were at this park playing, I bet you it was thirty. 25 to 30 year olds showed up because it was this girl's birthday and all she wanted was all of her friends to do a pickleball tournament. That's cute. That's a so good it's turning idea. into a young people's sport. I like it. But you okay. know what? So I know we hadn't talked about this. I used to for a while own a sporting goods store. And yeah, so we're, I, I was thinking maybe well, we would just, progress into the next chapter well, of your so, career. But we did that when I went to one of the meetings, they said, hey, this is the next biggest thing. And that's probably... They said that then? Yeah, probably that's eight when years ago. I was a freshman ago. in high school. And I bought, I bought a bunch of pickleball stuff for the store and everything. Yeah, nobody bought any of it. It sat there for a while. Oh, yeah. it, was, it took it, it a while to catch on. Shreveport huh? was a little behind the pickleball craze. I really feel like my dad started playing like probably right when he retired. So he retired in 19... Yeah. And maybe he I was going to say around COVID, COVID was kind of when I thought it took And then off. poor guy had to get a pacemaker put in, so mm. he had to take a, some time off. But now he's back at it, but he still does the same thing. Oops. I'm like, did anybody notice that my dad literally did not move that entire volley? So it. I'm going to tell you this, which is going to blow your mind. I read an article recently that talked about the insurance companies are afraid of older people getting injured playing pickleball really and so they're really concerned about insurance rates and stuff like that which i know nothing about Mm -hmm. because so many older people are going to pick it up and then they're going to try to run like they used to and they're going to blow out their knee or something like that literally read that about two weeks ago about pickleball yeah I mean, look, the only reason I moved around so much is because, first of all, I played tennis for 10 years. So my the, when I went out there... It's your instinct. When I went out there, I literally swung and missed the first 10 times because that ball is different, and I was trying mm-hmm. to swing like tennis. So then, like, the first... And then I didn't want to let my partner down. It's a cute girl named Amy, and she was kind of helping me or whatever, and I... It took me until the third game to figure out when the hell I was supposed to serve because those rules are different too. There's something about a kitchen. I know that. The kitchen. A you kitchen. can't go over the kitchen There's line. There's a kitchen. And I don't know what's in the kitchen. Yep. I didn't see any pots oh, and my pans. Dad, my dad recorded I didn't see a video on his drone and he he sent it to me Friday night so I could prep for this match. There's a kitchen. <laughs> yeah. There's no blenders in there. There's no alcohol. Oh. So, oh, speaking of that, I heard your podcast where you got a whiskey deal coming up. Oh, from the yeah, auction? the auction. Yeah, yeah a whiskey taste. He's, big, he's like, I'm can I be on your bur- invite no, list? I'm a big bourbon guy. Oh, I, I don't. I'm. I just got had a little too much to drink at this yeah, live auction heard, and so. started to get a little excited. So yeah, it's a whiskey bourbon tasting. Which supposedly we get to pick what we want, or we can have the person that hosts it. You know that that um, donated it. Um, he can pick. I talked to this guy for like 20 minutes. He's super nice and very passionate about this. And it's a full meal. Um, and I don't know, it should be a lot of fun. He thinks he can turn non-whiskey drinkers into a whiskey drinker. I think I can too, even he, though I can't always. But He has with me, um, I mean, do you want to talk about well, not, your no, trip? No, you, that, gotta, you gotta get away from whiskey versus bourbon. You gotta figure out which bourbon. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like I like bourbon more, better than whiskey, but all I bourbon can't. bourbon is whiskey. Oh. All whiskey is not bourbon. It's like the square and rectangle thing. Oh my gosh, I need that written down. Yeah. So do I you, can tell you all the rules like if you like. I, I, I mean, I'm, I know I'm, you liked it before, there, so. but Wait, I feel I like you just. Uh, I, I grew I up with this man. That bad. I, but I, I know you liked it before. But when y'all went on the trip the first time, I feel like is when you really came back. And I'm not a huge bourbon drinker either. But you you like to do tastings for people. I got educated myself, and then I started studying. And so since then, like one of my friends had his 60th birthday party, and I did I procured, if that's the right term here, a whole whiskey taste, a bourbon tasting. You got me off of that bourbon tasting with paired like you would pair wines with them. Yeah, that's I what was, this guy does. I was pairing bourbons with different things, and the fun part was I got to like test things out for about three or four nights in a row till I came down with what I wanted. I kept sending them pictures of me having all these bottles. I, I had it one time. I pared them down. Had about sixty bottles of bourbon sitting on my bar. His collection is quite extravagant. Yeah, we. I Isn't mean, that crazy? I go home and there, there's like a whole. Uh, you obviously know what I'm talking about because it's your kitchen. But like, there's a whole section of the counter where it is just his bourbon bottles. Okay, so my husband really likes Bullet. Yeah. What is that? Is that bourbon? It's bourbon. Okay. Yeah. It's Frontier whiskey, is what it says on the bottle. So all bourbons are whiskey, all but bourbons. not all whiskeys are bourbon. All right, without going too backwards? deep down this rabbit hole, you there are a right. set of rules to make something bourbon. 
And a lot of people think um, bourbon has to be made in Kentucky. It does not, but it has to be made in the U.S. So if I follow all oh the God. rules, if I follow all the rules of making bourbon and then change one thing, now it's whiskey, not bourbon. So let's say at the very end, I add some vanilla extract. Eh, now it's no longer bourbon, it's whiskey. Oh. So all of the flavor that you taste in bourbon comes from the char of the barrel and what they call the mash bill, which is the ingredients that went in, the grains that went into making the bourbon. Okay. So that's it. Oh, okay. I mean, I can tell you all the rules, but this is your bourbon. Your listeners going to get bored with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a wine drinker. Yeah, I'm okay with that too. Okay. My wife's a big wine drinker. Okay. Wine affects me differently. It's not good. Oh. I just can't drink much. I drink like two, and I'm just ooh. Oh, so, really? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. It's got a lesser alcohol. I understand. Content, I don't okay. know what it is. Doesn't work. Okay. Something about gotcha. it. Gotcha. Tannins okay. or something. Yeah. Something about it. I don't know. Well, we all we all process things differently. Right. Just right. the way so. it is. It's just the way it is. Okay. So that's but, it. Oh, it's, I, I sporting enjoyed, goods store though. No. Did we? Totally, we nah, totally I don't. Gone. It, it yeah. was just oh. so there's yeah. a there's a big franchise around the nation called Play It Again Sports. Y'all okay. had one here years ago. Okay. It's. Big up north, and I thought I could open one in Shreveport and be successful. And was this I wasn't. after you retired? Well, I'm not retired. Oh. This is after I was no longer in the Wait, are you retired list. right now? I am medically retired. Do you want to yeah. talk, do you want to talk, talk about, about that, that or we care. can cut it you off? You can ask me anything you want. I've got colon cancer. Yeah, okay. I knew that you had cancer. Yeah. And so two years ago, I was working for another medical company selling, uh, um, let's just say, capital equipment. Okay. And from there, I got sick. I got really, really sick. And so I had to do chemo and all that. Did and they find the colon cancer from a routine colonoscopy, if I may ask? I don't so, know if I knew no, that it so was colon cancer. Catch this. This yeah. is what's interesting. I am one of the statistics from COVID. So I had a routine colonoscopy in, I have to think of the year. So COVID was in, so in Late, 19, latter part of 19, I had a routine colonoscopy. Okay. And they found this one polyp they couldn't get out, and they biopsied it. It wasn't cancerous, and they said, you really need to do something about this, probably get it, get it taken out. Then COVID hit, and it delayed everything. I couldn't get back in to see another doctor. It was about a year later before I went back in, got another colonoscopy. The, the polyp was still there. They biopsied it again, still not cancerous. Month and a half later, had it cut out. They cut out 13 inches of my colon. Once they get the polyp out and they do uh, sections on it, whatever they do, the pathologist yep. does. There was cancer in, it. and it was stage two. Okay. And so, okay. but at this point, it was out of his body. Yeah, it's out. Took 24 lymph nodes. Where the American College of Surgeons said to take 12. So my I didn't surgeon know you did a great job. Had that many lymph oh, you nodes. Got lymph I mean, nodes I didn't until all of this happened. I didn't realize how large your colon was because this yeah. all happened Christmas of right 2020. Christmas. Yeah. So I remember going home and you're still recovering. Right. Yeah. Okay. So I was still working, and then I, end of the day, was still getting followed up by an oncologist in Shreveport. And I kind of didn't like some of the stuff he was saying, so I went down to MD Anderson. As we always, we stay on here a lot to advocate for your go health, to, and you go definitely did. MD Anderson, did. guys, if that's what you got, that place is amazing. Went down there. There was a little spot above my stomach, and they were following it. And eventually, they biopsied it. And I'm going to tell you when they biopsied it. I think they just ticked it off. And uh, about a month later, or something like that, that thing went crazy and just blew up. I was having all this intense pain, and the doctor in Shreveport said. He actually told me, he said, listen, if we don't do anything about this, I give you a 50-50 chance of being alive in three months. You never told me that. I probably didn't. Oops. Yeah. So that's okay. See, because I'm, dad I'm, is protecting I you. No, I I'm, I'm, I'm an open book about this. Yeah. So I went on chemo, and chemo, let me tell you what. Wrecked you. I think, I think you should take criminals instead of putting them in prison. Give them chemo. It, it was, and they, it they'll just bad. say, no, we don't want that again. Okay. Yeah, it was terrible. Okay. And, and there was a lot of other stuff going on just in our family life yeah. at that time. Yeah. I mean, I I was very scared for you just in the sense of, like, you know, your dad is your protector. Yeah. And, like, you were getting knocked down. Oh, yeah. By that. Yeah. yeah. I lost. And I'm still down a lot of weight. I was overweight for sure, but I probably lost close to 50 pounds. Wow. Yeah. Okay. So the chemo sounds like it was... It's I don't horrible. know much about chemo, but I feel like some know. everybody has different reactions to it. Yeah, is there yeah. some? Is there some that's well, like a greater strength different than concoctions others? Concoctions. Yeah, different. Did they have to do radiation too? I did not. Okay. I did okay. not. Yeah, there's different uh, drugs they use. I think it's just rat poison they give you and try not to kill you. Um, I got really cold. There's this thing called oxaliplatin. Anyway, 
um, really super cold sensitivity. I couldn't pick up anything cold. It felt like needles in my fingers oh, and God. stuff I like mean, that. You would wear gloves and stuff. I would wear gloves just to get something out of the refrigerator. Um, couldn't drink cold anything. I still don't hardly because of it. Felt like needles going down my throat. It was it was just ridiculous. Okay. And then so during that, they they put me on a short term disability since y'all deal with stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. And then, so that was in September of, let's see, this is 23, 22, 21. Okay. And then they were still following up. Even after I was in remission from that, they put me on what they called a low dose of chemo. Yeah. And so I was doing that, and then they just put me on a long-term disability, and so I'm still on that. Okay. But I'm now doing, now I've got some other um, things that have popped up. Okay. And so now we're doing some immunotherapy on that. And what I'm doing is I'm going to MD Anderson. They're basically saying, hey, let's do this. And then my doctor in Shreveport does it. Okay. Okay. I've heard that before. I feel like I've heard that before with MD Anderson. Like you can still get the medical care at home. You're just, sometimes you go over there so they can figure out what the next step is. Absolutely. 100%. And then sometimes I feel like their um, technology, they have more technology, so they have more options. And this this might be a little outdated. So we had... Somebody, I knew somebody that had prostate cancer. Well, he ended up going to um, MD Anderson because the way that they were going to do the procedure was a lot less, I'm going to say invasive, yeah. but like the recovery yeah. was a lot better than if they could do it here, just basically based upon the procedure. But this was probably 10 plus years ago, just to put that in perspective. I, I don't think that's necessarily a wrong vision of it. What I do think, though, is like the doctor that I see in Shreveport. He sees me with colon cancer, and then he's going to see this lady with breast cancer, and he's going to see this one with prostate cancer. He's an oncologist. He's just a general oncologist. The guy I see in MD Anderson sees me with colon cancer, and then the next patient has colon cancer. The next patient got colon cancer. All he does all day long. Gotcha. Okay. So I just think, and I think he's a little more up to date on stuff. Yeah. He's a little bit younger. I think sometimes that just, I hate to say that because some people think older doctors better. And I don't think that it really matters. I just think that in this particular case, this guy is the one. Well, we talked about this when Aniko was on. Yeah. Dad, Dad obviously knows Aniko. She's yeah. one of my best friends. But that like the med students right now are being taught. It's just like you said about the screws and things. They're being taught the most latest and greatest technology. Whereas some of these older doctors, they're still great doctors and they've been doctors for many years, but it's changed from what they learned in medical school. I think you're right. No, yeah. I, my, I have a new gastroenterologist and he's younger. I bet you he's younger than me. Not by much, but he's probably 30s, maybe upper 30s. And he actually mentioned that and he's super nice. So he wasn't trying to say anything bad. He was just like, we, because I'm staying up to date on, he, he was like in, in the, Old days, you know, this is how we would treat Crohn's. Well, this is how we do it now, but not every doctor typically, no knock against them. It's just like me staying up to date with 401k rules, right? Right. But luckily, I'm not saving lives. I'm just saving having him saving money. taxes and retirement um but he said that too you know and i think we probably don't give the younger doctors enough credit because they look young and you want somebody that looks like they have experience i mean i, I went to a urologist and when she walked i mean cutest thing when she walked in i kind of want to be like do you know what you're doing but i was like don't say that missy like that's just very insulting to her but she's up to date on stuff and she did a great job with the uh minor procedures that i had to have with that too but you do ha- we we have talked about this over and over again on this podcast advocating for mm-hmm. yourself. I mean, it's just I just hear stories. I have a good friend of mine, her father-in-law just passed away and she was telling about how it all went down and she was like basically he was unresponsive for 2 hours in this nursing home and nobody was paying attention. Oh. And now I don't know if he could have been saved, but it's still like if somebody's not there paying attention like you ha- you need to advocate and you need to have somebody else who can advocate. Well, and you know you know your body more yeah. than anybody does. If you know that something is up, like trust your gut is kind of what I think. Well, back to the advocate thing. A year ago, probably a year ago in July, the oncologist in Shreveport wanted to put me back on chemo because he didn't like some of the numbers he saw in my blood work, even though I'd had CT scans and there was nothing on my CT scan. Uh-huh. And I just told him no. Yeah. Well, and wasn't he going to go out of town? He was and going so he- out of town to Paris for three weeks, and I think he wanted to just do that before Like a he Band-Aid. Left. And I just said no. I yeah. said no. And I went back down to MD Anderson. They go, no, nah, we got this, man. Well, Chill. and that's why I think one of the things, and again, me and Lainey have talked about this, and I'm my CYA is we are not giving medical advice yes. on the little no, and a ladies podcast. But a lot of times what a doctor is telling you to do is an option. And to me, you have 
you have a choice because we all have choices, right? And that option may or may not work for you and it may or may like I want somebody who's going to say this is an option but I'm not I can't guarantee that it's going to work. I also firmly believe a good doctor in terms of especially when you have something like cancer or you need a specialist that they encourage you to get a second opinion. Absolutely. You're I not think wrong that with is that. a good doctor because they know that you're only as good as what you can do, right? And so if they're confident enough in their diagnosis yeah. and their treatment plan, you'll come back to them. If it's the right oh, 100%. plan. 100%. So Enough about cancer. We've okay, yes, let's move on. Well, go, no, I go get your screenings. Yes. Hey, as someone who has to do it once every other year, let me just tell everyone there are far worse things to go through. Yes, chemo. Right. Yes. Well, I, and I, I think living testament to that. Do you? Have, and I think for the average person, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, at Crohn's, I have an elevated risk of colon cancer, so I'd rather just go get the screening and like you take care of whatever you need to take care well, of. Well, and I know like I, things I've thought of, and you've had testing done that has said it's not genetic. But to be honest, like I will probably I go earlier. start going earlier than like when are you supposed to go? When you turn forty? Forty five now. It, it was used to fifty. Be 50 now, now it's forty five. So maybe by the time you get maybe yeah, you'll be maybe like it'll the be normal earlier. population. But it, or at least talk to my doctors about it or whatever. I mean, just being aware. Yeah. It's not if insurance would cover it, like for you, I think that mm-hmm. might be the the big uh, challenge. Correct. I mean, I I'm not kicking doors down to go get one tomorrow no you don't need one <laughs> no but, you don't but, need one now but i'm but two the people that are approaching 45 just go do it it's not bad it's not bad and then you get to eat a lot afterwards <laughs> and this Take is the other nap. thing too I do, i'm pretty sure just for like let's say your average population that doesn't have any sort of risk i'm not saying that it can't happen the research i've done the doctor i've talked to it's a pretty slow growing cancer but not a, all the time i was a zero risk Patient. Yeah, you were. Just, now, you I was were late. I didn't do it at fifty. I did it at fifty-four or fifty-five. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. I've lost track now. But again, like you said, the COVID stuff just delayed everything. It really so. did. I'm. I was definitely a victim of that. Yeah. It yeah. got pushed everything back. It did. And so I was supposed to have my routine colonoscopy like the week after the shutdown, um, but I was able to get in like four weeks later when they opened back up. Yeah. Well, my biggest fear was I was going to do the prep, and then they were going to shut it down. And I was like, I ain't doing the prep, and then not going for this procedure. Not doing okay? that for nothing. To be honest, yeah. like, no, no. If I do it, I'm going there. Okay. Yeah, you're we're I'm we're coming. looking. I'm coming. <laughs> we're going. So anyway, okay. Moving on. Other stuff. Okay. What else do you want to talk about? I don't know. You're, y'all are supposed to ask me the questions. I know, but it's hard because I know almost everything about you. You know a lot. You definitely know a lot. Mm. Do you have a favorite child? You can't ask him that. You asked my dad. Did I? Yes. Oh. Or Maggie did. <laughs> well, I have a favorite daughter. Right. See, I knew he could make come up with an he answer. He has a favorite to that. daughter, and then a favorite son that is a little bit less responsive than his favorite daughter. My son's aloof. Is that the right word? <laughs> yeah, that's. I think that's. That, there's nothing wrong <laughs> with being. I'll explain off air, but aloof to me has a different meaning. Okay. But well, he's a great kid, but he, Lainey, and I talk. Almost every day, every other day. We call it like an that. ECC, an Edelman car call. That's okay. I get in the car when I leave here, and if it's been like. A particularly stressful day, I might just want to listen to music. But if I'm feeling chatty, I'll call dad. Does she ever call and complain about me? Negative. Never. <laughs> never. I'll complain about work sometimes. Not often. You really don't. But And it's never about you. You just complain about just having to work and... You know, just just stress oh, of the day. That like day. adulting sucks. Adult, yeah. Adult. Well, adult. <laughs> Lainey has been has had to be brought into. I mean, she is an adult, but we've just had some tough situations. Well, yeah. I try to train her for you. I've done oh, no, the best no, no. I can. Sometimes it just takes experience. No, yeah. I need Lainey because I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> I need you too. I'm like, I don't know. She's she's the one with the HR certification. <laughs> I'm Melissa Torito. I just got my CPA license. Okay, That's I don't know how to true. handle some of these things. Well, so. I'm just this quasi-retired guy now. He's so. like okay. my personal guru. Like, I feel like for the most part, you have the answers or a proposed answer. Well, I, I can see him being like that. Here's what I'll do. I and and. I'm not saying everybody's like this, but I don't sugarcoat things. I really don't. If but she's, he's also not mean. No, I'm not mean, but I'm not going to beat around the bush. You know, there's a there's a story that a lady I used to work with, and she was a dear friend of mine, said, and so I, please, I hope I don't offend your listeners with this. You can just edit it out. Okay. If it, I have no idea what you're about to say. She said, she told me, she said, men's brains are like waffles there's little boxes and all yeah. your stuff goes in each box yeah. and the boxes don't touch each other and women's brains are spaghetti correct and so 
that's I, why I do I not think, think that's an inaccurate statement. That's why I think I can relate to Lainey well because she's got things in her head and I put them in the boxes for her. Also, have you ever that's taken the Enneagram? A what? The Enneagram. Oh, he probably has it. I don't even know what that is. I'll send it to you. It's a personality test. Oh, yeah, yeah. You're I, assigned a number. Yes. I one through nine. Do you know no, it's, it was different than you that. You might be thinking of Myers-Briggs, which is like the introvert Well, we extrovert. need to send him that. Also, I need to send Enneagram. my dad. I need to send it to my dad, too. I'd be curious to know what he's And the Enneagram is very much life. like you self-identify. Yeah. So you answer these questions, and it usually gives you like a top three, and then you read the descriptions, and you basically What's pick. What's the good one? I'll pick it. They all have pros and cons. I know that. I'm teasing. But um, no, just in general, he's very good at giving advice is why I brought all of that up. And so if I ever need help with a life decision. Well, she'll call me with, hey, my car is making this noise. Well, is it a or is it a wee wee? You know, we have (laughs) that discussion. Yeah. Did I send you the one and it was like uh, this lady took her car in because it was making a hissing sound and then they opened it. It was a snake. No, it was a possum. Oh. <laughs> and he was like. So I um, I can relate to, though, not beating around the bush because I definitely do not beat around the bush. I can see that. It just is a waste of everyone's time. Yeah, I don't. I just don't. I mean, I'm not going to be mean about it, but I'll just say, you'll hey. You'll always this do it, it. In, a cons- in a consoling way. I think so. No, I, I I'm telling you that. Like, you'll be like, oh, like, this is normal for you to be going through, but here's what I think you should do. Well, and I'm, I'll tell my wife this all the time, and Lainey is so much like me in this way. I'm like, I have a plan. So when she has an issue, I'm like, okay, let's get a plan. Come on, what's the plan? We're going to plan this. We're going to plan that. Yeah, you we know. need action Can items. you not tell I, I am a planner? Yeah, we need action items. Yeah, I, I'm just, hey, we need a plan. My wife will say, hey, do you have this? Baby, I got a plan. Okay, and it's going to work. It's going to, it's just, it may not work, but it's the plan. I don't know. I don't know what number your dad would be on the Enneagram. I don't either. What do you think? Maybe, possibly an eight. Something f- different than me. <laughs> yeah. What are you again, Lainey? I'm a two, which is the helper. Oh, you're definitely a helper. Yeah. So. And how, like, the con on that one is, like, kind of in a sense of letting people walk over me, which I'm getting better about, but, like, the I'll drop what I'm doing for other people. Like, last night we were talking about some recent events that were a little bit stressful. And, and, and looking back, I did say it as in like, well, this thing happened to this person and this thing happened to this person and this thing happened to you. And he goes, all these things are happening to other people, but they're affecting you. And I was like, yes. Yes. <laughs> and in my mind, that made sense. But to him, he was like, but they didn't happen to well, you. That was, a good, that was a good perspective that he brought. That was a good perspective. But it was funny. I only bring good perspectives. This is correct. You can call me from now on. Okay. If you need a perspective, I'm here for you. Okay. My my dad also brings pretty good perspectives. I, don't I have doubt to that. say. Well, do you want to say anything about life in Shreveport? Is it doing good? Life you in have, Shreveport. You yeah, can give Miss Laura. You can give Miss Laura a shout out. I don't you don't think have I've to ever just keep saying. Been to Shreveport in my so life. So you're not missing anything. Okay. Shreveport. So it's not my hometown. I moved there in 1992 to take a job, which okay. job that I really did like, but it's got a lot of cons. But it's got a lot of pros. And I think the pros for me is are that I've been there so long. And where we live is in a really nicer new area. And it's less than five minutes from the golf course. And I don't stray from that area much. Yeah. He has a bubble just like you. I am yeah. in a bit of a bubble. Oh, me too. Although Shreveport is minuscule compared to Baton Rouge. We don't have any traffic. I can go downtown no. at rush hour in 10 minutes. The oh. interstate is unnecessarily large. Like, there's What's the population in Shreveport? Used to be about two hundred thousand. It shrunk. Okay, no, all, I was thinking they've all like moved to Bozier. That is true. Okay, but Baton Rouge, like inner city Baton Rouge, is what like four fifty? I don't know. It's not as know. many as you. But it's that's, really when you start branching out. That's what, I think that's what thing. creates all the traffic. Everybody. But y'all's MSA is probably what five six hundred yeah, thousand. Yeah, I would say that. But I think we also are probably three hundred. Our infrastructure and our roads yeah. are shit. So I'll tell you this: when I was here. As a freshman in college at LSU in 1982, sitting in a dorm room listening to some AM radio, they were talking about, well, we really need to build a loop, loop. around Baton yep. Rouge. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. here it is 40 years later. And it's like, I don't even know if that loop's going to work, but yeah. I hope so. I don't know where you're going to put it now. Well, they think they do. There's going to be that flyover or whatever, not fly. I don't know if that's the right term. Yeah, but they're the building bypass. Yeah, the, where <laughs> it's yeah. Yeah, that's why they're sh- they're doing they're starting. They're working on that on the, the I ten widening project, yeah. and they're shutting oh. down that Perkins on ramp because it's illegally short. All y'all need is some more orange cones. Yeah. You just need more of them. I know. You should tell. So them this that. is why whenever I have to. Okay, so speaking of. 
your dad will maybe appreciate this. So, I mean, I live in a bubble. I live three minutes from this office. Like, when I tell you I get gas maybe once a month, I mean, and I, I, I do drive around town to meet with clients, but it's still typically in my bubble. She also lives by a golf course. I do live by a golf course. Okay, um, it, Now, uh, last Tuesday night, I had to go somewhere in Gonzales, okay? I know where Gonzales And is. it was at 6 p.m. on a Tuesday. Oh, nice. And I'm running out of here, and I put the address in Waze, and Waze takes me to Prairieville. And to my ding-dong self, I think I was on the phone with a client, wasn't paying attention until I was, I'm at the wrong spot. That took me 40 minutes. It took me another 20 minutes to get to where I needed to go. But see, that's the one thing that my wife and Can't I talk about it. is the whole blue line on your phone has made everyone stupid, well, including me. I, I I learned to fly a plane with a compass and a map. Right, I was going to say, and probably like, like Christopher Columbus a over here. map here. I know, but we need to bring that back. And so I used, but no, I used to have a great sense of direction. No, not anymore. It's Wait, gone. I just had a flashback memory, but speaking of how he made me do all these things for myself, uh, when I started driving in high school, before I could take off in the car, he said, I want you to draw me a map of Shreveport. I sure did. I, I forgot like about that. 17 years old. Like, I don't, I can't draw you a map. I know how to get you to still my still have school. to have, like, if I would have had some, because I'm a ding dong, some awareness of where I was going, I wouldn't have gotten off at the Prairieville exit. Yeah. Waze and Melissa. So, yeah. anyway, I don't really like. I mean, if I, when people are like, yeah, let's go eat, I'm going to say Rufino's and no knock against Rufino's. But to me, Rufino's is on the other side of the world and I'd rather just go to Gina's. It's Rufino's when you came to visit last year. I think so. Oh, it's delicious. But I mean, it's not Rufino's. That's that air. No, it's just the part of town. To get to that side of town in the afternoon here. It's a pain in the I ain't got patience for it. But see, I'll go other places now. Don't get me wrong. We've got a camp down on Toledo Bend. So I go there. Oh, okay. I just go down there, cut the grass. You know, and it's an hour and 15 minutes one way. He's so turning into his father by oh, doing yeah, that. Oh, yeah, I definitely am. There's no question. That's okay. There, so. I, no, but I just feel like as you get, as you add years to your life, you can I want to keep get older. adding those, by the way. Yes, we do too. But there's just certain things like you can do. So, I mean, I, I'm in my 40s. And whenever like one of these young people say something that I don't know what it is, I don't care that I need them to explain it to me. Oh, I'm like, God. it doesn't make any sense. That is so, that is so liberating yeah <laughs> because they'll talk about something that i have no clue and they're gonna think i'm old for it and i just think i don't, I don't care. care i don't, don't care, care. No, i am i am care. old and successful and i mean i'm not gonna say totes okay i'm gonna say totally nobody says totes anymore so it's okay right but you know y'all still say, spill the tea spill the tea what's spill the tea gossip like well see i'm a man we don't gossip i no, men love to gossip. No, 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 no. You were just talking about how all your friends said they were going to make fun of you if you send them the podcast. I did say that. <laughs> so. Oh, no, you probably just don't. So um, my dad, we call him Spoon, okay, because he likes to stir the pot. And likes oh, that's funny. Oh, and like stir shit. Like, he will love to stir shit up. Is your mom fork? <laughs> no, she doesn't really love it's just dad when we have a family function you'll see him gathering with people and you're like dad somebody's got to be the knife somebody's got to be the napkin i don't know i'm probably the knife honestly Um, somebody's got to come out and clean up they're the napkin yeah that's your sister yes that would be my sister okay so now we have a new thing the whole family dynamic can be silverware place setting totally described by place setting so what the fork would be like the stick it stick it in you stick it in you Oh, that could be my mom. The knife just separates the two sides. No, I'd be the fork. My oh, mom I'm, would I'm, be I'm the certain knife. that okay, you're yeah, the I fork. Yeah, I was wrong about that. And you're, right. not the, you're not the salad fork. You're the dinner fork. Absolutely, oh. I am. <laughs> the salad fork's the one that just kind of nips at the heels. The, the dinner fork goes so right in. So I was uh, talking to a group of uh, youngins here. Um, the youngins? After our, well, they're all young. Um, I know, but that sounds talking. like something that's even too old for me to say. Hey, I'm owning it, Greg. You Come kept on. saying it's my podcast. Bella earlier. <laughs> I probably do say fella. So anyway, so I was talking to them, and I was telling them that there's two things about Melissa Torito that everyone really needs to know. One, I have a memory like an elephant. Something could have happened 15 years ago and we could be arguing and you can ask my husband and I will pull that shit back out, okay? Which is not fair. My therapist would tell me that. But anyway, two, hell hath no fury like Melissa Torito's scorn. I don't want to be on Especially, mainly if you do something to one of my people. She's mama bear. See, I have two things too. And okay. mine, like yours, <laughs> the first thing is I don't forget. Memory like an elephant. Yeah, memory like an elephant. And number two, damn, I forgot. <laughs> but um, 
I knew the dad joke. Dad joke. Out. Okay, today. Oh, she so she gets them. We gets went them all to um, lunch. We went to Ichiban because my stepmom, Miss Laura, doesn't particularly like sushi. So every time it's just the two of us, I'm like, Dad, let's go get sushi. Um, well, we we're walking out of Ichiban, and he was holding the door open for someone, and he goes, "There you go, Michael." And my aunt Karen, who was on the podcast before, was also with us, and we both were like, "How did you know that guy's name?" And he was like, "He had a Michael Kors hat on." Oh my goodness! Did he under? Did he get where you were coming from? I don't know. I, I didn't he care. Was like, I don't care. I didn't he care. was like matter. my age and was probably just like this weird old man. But you know what? That's fun. That's what there's got to be you a like, You love messing with people. But, but see, she'll tell you this, and you probably know just through this interaction. I will talk to anybody in the line at the grocery store or you know wherever. It doesn't matter. I talk to everybody wherever I go because why shouldn't I spread my lovely joy around? Right. That's how my father-in-law is too. I love him. Yep. He's a good man. My father, my, my, I'm, I'm surrounded by really good dads. What can I say? And some good ladies. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So. Um, it's, Lainey, we're almost at an hour. He's easy to talk to I and know. I miss him. Well, Aww. it's okay. But you guess know, you what? You can ECC me. I will ECC you. But guess what? This year... We're doing Thanksgiving in Baton Rouge, which I'm excited about. And I'm not excited about. I, I am, I am, but I'm not. Because I have traveled for every holiday since I moved to Baton Rouge mm. uh, seven years ago. But what's really exciting is that Dad's birthday is the day after Thanksgiving. Oh, November. So he'll be here for that. And you have a November birthday. November 4th. I heard you say it on one of your previous podcasts. Yes, I see. So you you're the you fourth. Listening. You you're the fourth, listening. and he's the 24th. And then I think we're going to try to go to the A&M game because my oh. brother and his girlfriend are hopefully coming. We haven't heard yeah, yes he or no. Yeah, he said they were. Oh, okay. So. But she went to A&M. Oh, okay. And I don't think she's ever been to it, to Tiger Stadium. Yeah, hopefully you'll have good weather. And let me clarify, I'm not not happy about coming here. It's you just, just don't want to make of, the drive. No, I don't mind the drive. I'm out of my little element yeah, there. Out yeah, of I'm out of my little bubble. That's all. But your bubble will be here. I understand. New tradition. I lived here for a lot of years. I know. New I tradition. Know. No, we, we alternate just to give everybody a fair chance because, I mean, you and I are the closest to each other distance-wise in our family because Tyler's in Austin. Yeah. And then if I'm going the other way, if we're doing a holiday with my mom, she's also four hours from here. Yes, she is. So we're all kind of spread out. Yeah, we're good. It's all good. But no, but... I'm happy to come, so don't let me rephrase. Let me rephrase. No, that. I know that. It's just out of my element. And you're gonna bring the puppers. You didn't talk about them. Your fur babies. Well, we've got two dogs, but that's the thing. So I can't bring them. Karen's got a big dog, and he would not be happy with our two little white dogs, little furry dogs. And so we're gonna probably have to leave them at Laney's house. But you need to tell them the names of your. Well, we've got doggies. a Bichon named Sugar who's. 14 and a half. Is Sugar the fun police? Yes. I did yes. talk about oh, her recently. Yeah, okay. she, I was like, which one of these pups is the fun police? And then the other one's Bailey. He's a multi poo. Oh, yeah. And he's, he's an ten. anxious boy. He, he is a what large What is it with multi-poo. these male dogs being anxious? That's like Tucker. Oh, no. He dog. wants to eat everything. He Have you ever seen a 22-pound multi poo? <laughs> um, he's 22 pounds? No, yes. but I will tell you, my mom, way back in the day, we had a, a true Maltese. It wasn't a teacup. It was a Maltese. But Millie was 25 pounds. Well, no, this dog, I saw the parents. It was a four-pound poodle and an eight-pound uh, <laughs> oh, Maltese. So so and does he look overweight or he, he just looks big? Well, here's what's funny. When he was little, he had these, we called him freakishly long legs. My wife, Laura, said, oh, he he's got freakishly long legs. And then he just filled him up. He's like a football. Okay. And he was just an absolute <laughs> He's a football. chunk. Okay. Like, he looks fluffy because he is. And so you think, oh, I'm going to pick him up. No, he's like a brick. He is He's a fluffy, but there's... Brick. There's some, uh, There's some meat underneath. sturdiness underneath <laughs> yeah. the fluff. He's, he's got some girth. So yeah. It's crazy. Well, okay. But, anyway. but he's 10. He's 10. Okay. So the other one, we're worried because she's getting a little old and, you know, her days are getting numbered. She's so. lost all of her teeth just yeah. about. She has one that sticks out. like yeah. it, it, It's like a hood ornament. And so I tried to reach in there and pull it because I like pull I was going to say, I know we're running a little close to time, but dad would have been a dentist like in his second mm-hmm. life i think when i was a kid he loved pulling teeth Ooh, god gross no. um, i don't want to stick my hand in people's mouth i just want to pull their teeth yeah it's like popping a pimple i guess there you go it's the same Very thing much. the yeah. worst ever do you remember this i do quick this this is not to say anything bad about him because oh, he thought he was doing something that. good but i remember in the second grade it was sarah kate roblo's birthday party and she invited the whole class. This was one of my best friends growing up. She invited the whole school, or the whole class. And it was a roller skating party. And I had the slightest loose front tooth. But my dad was like, 
you're going to fall down at the skating party and lose your tooth. Like, I need to pull it now. Well, he sat me down on the living room couch and went to pull it, and it just was not ready. Oh, man. But, um... It ended up kind of coming and sort of But by the there. time he had messed with it, then it was like, this needs to come out. And our dentist is one of your really good friends. Yeah, I learned to fly with him. He's a good buddy of mine. So he, like, calls Dr. Wilbur after hours and was basically like, what do I do? And it ended up coming out. It just wasn't quite right. Were you crying? Yes, I definitely. Oh my God, she cried at everything. I cried about everything growing she was up, the though. The cryiest, if that's a word, child that I've ever birthed. Okay, <laughs> I could see that though. You didn't birth me. Lainey but... is very in, a very empathetic slash sympathetic person. But um, but I just when remember she was a that. child. She she went to the tears fast. Yeah, it's okay. she's yeah. outgrown it. Yeah, yeah. I think I've only seen her cry like twice. And it she's was probably seen probably me. about things hey. that like deserved. It. No, she's seen me cry. Go I pull, think. go pull one of her teeth. Please don't pull my teeth. I'm not pulling she'll, your teeth. I feel she'll like, cry. I feel like that would set. <laughs> he me might cry up. now because uh, he spent a lot of money with my orthodontist to yeah, get my right, teeth to right. look this nice. Yes. So maybe let's not as did my teeth. parents as well. So True that. anyway, so it's all good. All right. Well, I think we need to wrap up. What you think, Lainey? This was fun. Thanks for coming, Dad. It's fun for me too. Thank y'all for having me. Hope everyone has a good week. Bye, guys. Bye.